Welcome to episode 38 of the Unnamed Adventures podcast. On this episode, we're going to give you a five-month update of living life on the road. Stay tuned, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Unnamed Adventures podcast, or if you're a new listener, welcome. Today, we're going to kind of give you a recap, if you haven't been following our journey or story along, and kind of give you a five-month update and kind of a recap, more or less, of what we've been up to and just kind of our Our successes and our not-so-successful experiences. (laughs) So we'll just kind of give you guys a nice little synopsis of kind of what's been going on. And then the best part, I think, is kind of what we've learned about full-time travel and how we've um, made it easier and more successful and more enjoyable than when we first started out. Yeah, and it's definitely a process. So we're going to kind of start this uh, episode with kind of where we've been. And really, we started our journey with the Appalachian trail section hike Uh, it was intended to be a through hike but we learned it wasn't our cup of tea so we kind of turned it to a sectional hike and uh, had a little issues with sammy on the trail as well which made it a lot more difficult yeah we ended up doing i believe it was like 68 miles it was almost 78 yeah. yeah almost through georgia we were like eight or nine miles from north carolina border but if we would have continued on, because we really did want to finish the state, it would have been like another 30 or 40 miles until the next town. And we're like, no, we're we're done. And little Sammy had had it. And then I found out the next day that I got poison ivy. So I was actually really happy that <laughs> that we stopped when we did. The first and time. The first, oh, I forgot because I've had it twice this summer. It's horrendous. Jake, zero. Yeah. No, she's had it pretty, pretty bad. So we... Uh... Once we got off the trail, we actually uh, headed towards Scatlinburg, Tennessee. It was one of our stops that we we're going to be uh, meeting up with. To do the Smokies. To do the Smokies. Uh, we had uh, some nice trail magic kind of lined up for Sammy, so he'd be all safe. and. Uh, yeah, he did great meeting her. Yeah, he just didn't do great on the trail. And now... Um... That we've uh, been traveling a lot. We see that he struggles with anybody, well, men, that are big in um, big beards and a hat. Yeah. They're kind of rough looking, more or less. But, you know, he absolutely absolutely loves kids, loves going on walks, a little protective of us. And Pippi, on the other hand, just loves everyone. Laid back, chill. (laughs) Yeah, we have a good little mixture of dogs. (laughs) Yeah. So after we were in uh, Gatlinburg and kind of got to be able to see kind of the what the, the claim to fame about is at that national park, um, and w- really we didn't weren't able to do it justice, and I definitely foresee in our future us going back there. Oh, for sure. Just because it's a real di- diverse area and just real beautiful uh, mountain scene. So we ended up going to uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, and that was my first time there. Amy and her mom just toted so much about it all oh the time. my gosh we went Juan had been there i think three maybe four times and we went on a vacation there like maybe four or five years ago had a no it must have been longer now six years either way a few years back and had the best time 
And so since Jake and I've been together, I've always talked about Williamsburg and going, we were like four hours away, four or five hours. So we're like, well, we have to go. So that was like our first thing we did as like our full time travel, like not on the trail. Yeah. So that was pretty cool to be able to kind of do go back in history and, you know, what the actors all, you know, dressed up in the air and, you know, the different occupations from the sewer, from the shoemaker and yeah yeah it's essentially it's like a living history and it's amazing and i highly highly recommend it and we went for two days we got the two-day pass but they do have a three-day pass and then you can actually also go to york and there's another one there's three towns you go to with your pass and we just didn't want to spend that amount of time doing it but it's really cool if you're a history buff and even if you just want to spend a little bit of time learning about um, I think it's in the 1780s is the time it's set up at and all the history that was happening there and how the states were getting settled and what was going on and all the politics. And it was very, very interesting. And going to the governor's, um, it's not the governor's, it's governor's the mansion. Yeah. The mansion, like that was really cool. I mean, you just learned everything and I'm not even into like politics or government stuff and they made it really interesting and, um, kind of lined it up even like how it affected us like to today so it was very good yeah so and it's uh family friendly as well on there but not dog friendly so we didn't have pippy at the time it was just sammy so sammy who was just kind of chilling at the uh ac hotel the economy hotel that was not that that's a different conversation yeah it, was, it, was, it wasn't that great <laughs> Um, and then we headed down towards, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, where, uh, I had some family down there located and we stayed with them, which was awesome. Got to enjoy some different seafood, but also kind of check out Charleston a little bit. We did a historic walk, a walking tour. And that was cool because the homes are so unique and different than what, like what we're used to. And a lot of them are turned into businesses. And so that was kind of cool to see, like, the bottom is businesses and, like, the top are, like, rental apartments and things like that. So that was really cool. We were right on, it was, it was at the peninsula and then, like, it's, like, right at sea level. So if they have a really bad rain, the whole thing floods and you can actually see people, like, I guess, like, kayaking down the street. So that was really (laughs) interesting (laughs) to learn about that. And the tallest uh, buildings in Charleston are the church steeples. So that was kind of cool looking, you know, we're on the rooftop of a parking lot and literally could just only see the church steeples as the highest points. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also we were able to check out Foley Beach, which was really cool. Go on the pier. Go on the pier and, you know, see people fishing and surfing. Yeah. So like right before big storms, which there was a storm coming, um, you know, there's some pretty nice waves and, you know, see everyone just kind of shredding the waves a little bit. Well, and one of the things um, we try to do is we travel, and we've been doing this for years because uh, we kind of always travel on a budget. Um, we went past a bar, and they had this uh, deal for uh, like a hot dog lunch that was like four bucks, and it was really good hot dog. And then you got homemade was it French fries or chips? Uh, chips. Yeah, so it was an Irish pub, and the guys there were actually Irish. So that was fun. I like that was the highlight. And then it torrential downpoured on us. <laughs> yeah, it's sprinting to the car. Got mm-hmm. completely soaked. Um, and then we were uh, from Charleston. We headed down towards uh, my brother's house in Alabama. And then we're like, oh, let's take the scenic way. You know, and 
in the time being, we were actually looking for a trailer. We knew we needed something that we could be able to travel in and kind of go off the beaten path. And we just didn't know what sure we wanted. Um, we cool. kind of looked at some, or we're going to look at some different R pods. And then we're like, do we need a different vehicle or how does that work? And we ended up going to Jacksonville, Florida, um, kind of en route over to Alabama. So we went straight south and then headed west. Um, but we made a pit stop at a couple different RV spots, you know, just checking, physically going inside some different RVs. Like, this is what we like. This is what well, we don't campers. Like. RVs are out of our Oh, budget. campers. Yeah. Travel trailers is what we were focused on. And at that point, we had an 05 Ford Escape with a V6 engine. And so we didn't want to get something that was going to be too big. So that did limit us. And then I don't remember what our budget was at that point, but we didn't want to spend more than that. I think it was like under 10, under yeah. 10 grand. And which limits you. We've actually had um, places that actually like almost laugh at you. Very rude. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Not a big fan of camping world. But anyway, so we ended up as we were driving through Jacksonville on our way out, we see a sign for like this camper place we're like let's go so we get off the exit and go and because at this point you know it's spring and it's been raining and raining and raining all the bugs are out in the south and i've had i have poison ivy i'm just like we have got to get so like i can't like this sucks and you don't want to spend money on the hotel because you know we have a budget we're sticking to so we can travel um as long as we can on the budget we had saved before we have to like work and so we didn't want to like start off and like spend all this money so we were anxious to get one, but we didn't want to get, make a bad decision. And it was very intimidating. It's a lot of money. You know, we saved for it. You, you don't know what we're you're paying. We're paying cash with it. Yeah. You know, it's not like we're, you know, everyone else, you know, they're, you know, finance it. We're paying cash with it, you know, and. So it's hard earned cash that you, you know, like you have, like in, we had in my purse that you're just like holding on and waiting, you know, and it's very, it's a big decision. And I was having a hard time with it. And the other thing is too, we'd never had one on our own, like I had a trailer on our own. So like, how is it going to work? How is it going to pull the vehicle? Like there's all these things and we didn't want to get something used like that had those real fancy and then have all these issues with it. Like, for example, do we want slide outs? Did we not like the, man, the automatic awning and all these electronic components that make it so easy, but yet those are the things that break. So that's kind of the struggle we had. But then we pulled up to this camper place yeah, so in we, Jacksonville. Yeah, so we ended up, you know, seeing a couple different travel trailers and, you know, different campers and different setups, different sizes and everything like that. But we were really kind of, you know, we were still debating, like, do we need to get a new vehicle at that point in time, too? And what kind of tow rig would be the best? So, of course, the last one that we see, you know, it's Saturday at 3 o'clock. In the afternoon, you know, so all the managers. And the next day was Easter. Yeah, the next day was Easter. Uh, we ended up getting a uh, hiker trailer, a 2015 hiker trailer. Five by ten. Uh, the Highway Deluxe. And I believe, uh, you know, we didn't know at the time, you know, kind of the the cultness of. Uh, the I cult hike. following. Yeah, the cult <laughs> Of following. the hiker trailer. Yeah. Um, you know, like they get a 15 month waiting list for getting these built out. So they're essentially a larger size teardrop type trailer. Um, but yet smaller than an R-Pod. Yeah. So you can't stand up in them. You pretty much sleep in the main side. Ours had a door on each side. 
with a window on each side and then a window in the front that didn't open. The windows on the side did. And then the back opened up into a kitchen. So you have like an outdoor kitchen. It had an awning. It was kind of like a sports version. It had a high clearance. You can do backcountry stuff. It's awesome. I already miss it. Except I'm happy that we can stand up in what we have now. Not we'll get to the heads. point that we like <laughs> sold the hiker. But like for what we were doing, it was so perfect. But we've now upgraded. I'm getting ahead of our story. But just to give you context, um, you know, now that we're, we've gone through the travel savings that we've set aside, we're not like, what are we doing to earn money on the road? And so we needed to have a travel trailer where we could actually do like a quote unquote office. So in the new one that we have, which is used, um, we have like a little kitchenette area. And so that'll be our office. And so it works really nice. The dogs are already doing better because each have their own space. But for what we were doing, a lot of boondocking, backcountry stuff. Oh my gosh, the was... hiker was fantastic. Absolutely awesome. I mean, some different locations that we went to, you know, it was absolutely unreal. And we have a lot of that stuff on our YouTube uh, page as well, where we kind of review some different campsites that we've been to. Yeah, Jake does a review on every single campsite. And Try so, to. <laughs> well, the, unless it's not good, then if you see posts in that area, but there's no campsite review, it means it wasn't a good campsite. But anyway, <laughs> um, but we get most of our recommendations of free stuff on freecampsites.net. And then if there's nothing in that area or it's all like go to Walmart, well, of course, we don't want to go to the Walmart parking lot. We want to go like into the country. Um, we'll see what the national forests have or the, what local BML land there is. And um, I would say the biggest thing, that, and this is kind of goes on to advice, um, our device section, which is going to be at the end, but I'll say a little bit now is if you want to travel and not just be in like Cracker Barrel parking lots and Walmart parking lots, you do have to get off the interstate a little bit. But like, if you're just going from point A to point B, yeah, that's fine and dandy. But like if we're spending all that gas to get from, let's say Williamsburg all the way to Charlotte, well, why wouldn't we want to stop along the way, see things, um, you know, get off the beaten path because the interstate isn't interesting. It's the highways or, um, you know, the little towns that you go to that have these cute little things or these historical markers or things like that, that you want to stop and actually see. Yeah. And that's kind of one thing that I love to do. Cause I'm the main driver. Like I'll just be like, all right, this is the scenic byway. Let's take this. And we had one where it took a little bit longer um. <laughs> yeah, we didn't anticipate it to be a two and a half hour detour. Normally it like adds a half an hour, hour to your drive, but live and learn. It was really pretty. <laughs> yeah. So we got, got our hiker trailer and it was, you know, kind of sight on scene. We were able to talk them out of the handling fee because we were kind of hardball negotiators because, you know, we we're pretty stressed out from trying to buy a camper at that time and kind of locate what we're going to do. So we got an awesome. Uh, well, and we saw the trailer. I mean, we climbed in it and looked at it, inspected it and everything. I mean, to the best of our knowledge, it looked like it looked good. It didn't have any warpage from leaking. I mean, in perfect condition, you yeah. know, it doesn't look like the guy had it for very long. And we think he was the second owner. Um, anyway, but, literally. And then once we got it, there was still nothing wrong with it. We resealed everything and yeah, resealed everything, got new tires. And uh, that's when we headed towards, uh, Alabama towards, uh, lower Alabama. LA as my brother likes to call it and and uh we were able to do the hiker trailer upgrades where we put you know more electrical things on it switches fuse boxes more batteries you know just kind of fine-tuned it to what our 
what we thought our needs would be. Which um, was more backcountry stuff that we could be off the grid without needing water, electricity. You know, we didn't need anything. We could be on our own out there, which you know, great. We, yeah. Yeah. And we could go up to about 10 days off, off the grid, um, without having to plug in or anything like that, uh, which was awesome. And just with the higher clearance and everything, it was, it was definitely meant, meant to be. Um, and I definitely see a hiker trailer in our yes. extended future. Yeah. So, well, and then when we were in Bay Manette, of course we were seeing family. So we got to go on a pontoon ride for the day. We went down to the Mississippi Delta. Yeah. That was super cool. It had flooded. Like it was really high cause it had so much rain. So it wasn't like the normal experience when it's, I guess it's real clear water and you can see all the fish and the fishing is really good. Um, there were, we didn't have any success fishing, but it was still really beautiful to be out. And then a different time we went to the Gulf shores and went, um, uh, swimming in the ocean there and fishing and it was we saw a pot of dolphins go by and oh that was delight tons of little crabs and i mean all this like sea creatures which we like never get to see so that was like a highlight yeah so that was definitely awesome and once we got everything all upgraded and fixed up um we headed down towards the florida keys uh had the opportunity to go down to uh Key, Key West. West. <laughs> Key West. I was trying to think, you know, Florida Keys, like, where, where were we again? Yeah, there's a lot of keys, and there's just yeah. one highway to get down there. And it was middle of May, which is about a week or two after their main season, their tourist season. And the reason that um, their tourist season is when it is is because anytime after that is extremely hot. Yeah. So, you know, being from uh, the Midwest or northern Midwest, you know, it was a little toasty for us. Um, but absolutely gorgeous down there. Um, if you like warm weather, go check it out. Well, and if you like warm weather and being around people all the time and in a town, like it's great because it's a little island. Everything's developed. There was one um, little baby teeny section of beach that you could run your dog, but it was coated in seaweed. But we were just happy that Sammy had a spot to go swim because it was so hot. And it just wasn't like it's on our type of vacation because we found with, because you don't know, you don't know until you do this stuff. So just try it. <laughs> yeah. But we found like for us, we more like to go out and like be where people aren't really, or there's not many people and go see like the countryside or mountains or the ocean, but like where people aren't. And so um, we still had fun, like learning about the area. It was really interesting of how it got settled. And you, again, we did another walking tour. It was really interesting and we had fun when we were there, but like it wasn't, I, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. I well, it's because Sammy was there, and yeah, so we didn't it, get to go a, swim in the ocean. Yeah, it was a lot we more didn't difficult. Go to, go to the beach. Yeah, it was a lot more difficult with having a dog at that weather. We did have a little AC unit, but I mean, like, what happens if there's power shortage? You know, in our little trailer, he would have fried in there. You know, so we tried to. Well, it was new, him, so we didn't know. And... Yeah, so we tried to have him tag along with us. Um, you know, as much as he can, but sometimes you just need a little space to where you're able to you know, kind of go out and explore where the dogs can't. Yeah. So it was not because it's so hot then it just, that's what made it difficult. Uh, if we would have gone earlier in the season, um, we probably could have left Sammy in there and it wouldn't have been a hundred and whatever degrees, you know, outside. We'd shower and instantly sweat. 
<laughs> well, yeah, and the thing is, it's so humid, and that's also what you weren't used to. So though it only said it was ninety outside, well, with the humidity, it was way more than that, and it never cools off. So it's just like it, what, and then we were there for I think we were supposed to be there for seven. I think we ended up doing five. Yeah, or six nights, I think. Yeah, well, and we're supposed to do two. stuff. We're supposed to do a few more nights, and we ended up leaving early because we're like we're just so hot and. We kind of, I mean, it's a small island and the stuff we could do with our dog, we did, we did. So. Yeah. But de- definitely awesome food scene there. Oh um, yeah. And tons of different drink specials and stuff that you can go check we out. We wrote a whole blog post about how to visit Key West on a budget with your pets. Um, you can check that out on our blog, but, um, I mean, the food was very, very good. Yeah. And the music scene, there was like a music festival going on when we were, well, it ended when we got there, but like we got to go on little listen, Brad Paisley. That was fun. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of fun uh, to kind of go around. Uh, definitely didn't be for CS going there, you know, like planning a trip or anything. And we just kind of did it on a whim. So our next journey, we started ahead northbound. Um, we also did stop at, uh, I believe that was one of the Florida Everglades. Um, one of the one of the different Everglades that we were able to kind of see some different oh, gators. Oh, I was trying trip. to remember. That was on the way down. We went through the Everglades. That was super cool. We got to see alligators, and um, we stayed at a couple different campsites there, like along the way on our way down. And really unique area. I actually would like to go back there just to like and actually take one of the airboat tour rides and see the wildlife in that part of the country because, of course, it's totally different than what we're used to. So that was really cool. I liked that. Yeah. So we uh, ended up heading up north. And at that point, just from being so warm, it seemed like we couldn't get out of Florida fast enough. <laughs> um, so we kind of beelined it and we headed up towards uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. Um, and you know, I didn't think Kentucky was known for having caves. All I knew was bourbon and uh, horse Horses. racing, but, uh, they just have tons of different caves there. And we ended up checking out Mammoth, uh, Cave National Park. And that was actually a dog friendly area, uh, park, you know, they can't go in the caves, but we checked out a historical tour over there and, that was really interesting. It was about an hour, hour and a half. We also have that on a podcast. We've tried in our podcast to do different things to see what people like and respond well to. And we did one of the, like the talks of the tour of the gal. And I think we got some good follows on that. But anyway, we thought it was really interesting. And um, I'm not like, I wouldn't call myself like a caving connoisseur, but it is interesting to go in different types. This wasn't a type of cave where like a crystal cave, like you see in South Dakota and the Black Hills where it's like crystals growing and it's super colorful and shiny and sparkly. You know, this was formed by, I don't remember whatever the high water tables and the rivers going through it but um you have the history of people passing away and in, in there um from be it getting stuck or their battery running out or something and and then how it developed and um i don't know i, I the thought the tourism they... aspect and how it was used for you know different wars and stuff you know there's different things that they had to cultivate out of it really interesting if you guys get an opportunity to go to the mammoth cave national park i actually really recommend it i really liked it yeah it was awesome park and you know they get a lot of a lot of bodies through there but it still seems and it's pretty free similar. to get in you don't have to pay to get into the park yeah um and then while we we're in kentucky 
Um, I'm a bourbon whiskey connoisseur and could not go without checking out Woodford Distillery. Um, that was definitely probably the highlight for me um, in Kentucky was going to that distillery uh, just because, you know, you go up, you pass by all these thoroughbred horse farms and, you know, it's all kind of a surreal type environment and got to taste some excellent whiskey, which is my favorite. And it's actually like ste stepping back in time because it is in the middle of the country. There are horse farms like thoroughbred horse farms like your whole drive down the rolling hills of Kentucky and then you pull up and it's these like stone barns which it's not barns it's a different places where they Stables. house yeah where they house the barrels and stuff like that but it was really cool I don't even like bourbon and I loved the tour it was really interesting and I did enjoy trying the different bourbons and they give you a nice little piece of dark chocolate to like pair with your samples <laughs> it was very delicious um so we also checked out Old Forester um and this was one that they actually started on Whiskey Row in downtown Louisville. Prior to um, when everything was outlawed. The Prohibition. Thank you. When everything uh, was outlawed in Prohibition. And so that was interesting in relation to the history, but that's not their main facility where they make bourbon. So it didn't have the same feel as Woodford did. Though yeah. it was still very informative. Yeah. But I mean, they do have a rich history, um, you know, why they're the first bottled bourbon and were able to sell before, after, and during Prohibition. Which was because the guy, one of the guys who, I don't remember what his role was, but he was a doctor or had like a medical license. And so he was able to bottle it and then sell it as medicine. And that's why it was able to be sold through Prohibition. Yeah. Which is awesome. Another cool thing is uh, we stayed at a Airbnb, which that was an interesting experience. Um, but we were able to check out Churchill Downs. And Churchill Downs is home of the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, so let's backtrack for one moment. The reason Jake said that about the Airbnb, we've done Airbnb for years. I really like it. I think it's really great. Normally, though, when we go, we book the house or the condo and it's for skiing is normally what it is. And we have our friends and we're all together and we have the place to ourselves. This one, since we were just passing through, um, we, or we had a gift card that we got from one of our friends for like a going away present when we left. And so we're like, okay, what can we get for this? So we didn't have to spend like any more money. And so it was ended up being in the gal's house and it was her bedroom or not another, but like a guest bedroom, and, but she was there and then she had two dogs. And so it was just kind of awkward, even though she was very pleasant and the home was very clean. So it was just awkward. Cause like, I think she like wanted to be friendly and like chit chat. And we're like, we've been with people like we're good. Like we want to <laughs> relax. So I think it was just a different experience, even though like she was super nice. So, but anyway, then we went to Churchill Downs, which I'm not like, I horseback ride and stuff, but I've more like the Western style stuff. Like I'm not like racing. It's not my thing. I didn't know about not it. Not into sports nearly as much as. I am. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm like, oh, cool. Like the hats, like that's kind of, so to go to Churchill Downs and then experience the rich history and how important it is to our, um, the history of our country and Kentucky and, um, how the horses, like all about the horses and how they find if they're good racers or not. And then the history of these horses that changed history in the racing world, it was so interesting. And then of course what happened 
went for this last Kentucky Derby and how it was the first time in history that they ever changed who the winner was. So really, really, really interesting. And um, that was a highlight of Kentucky for me. Yeah, it was it was definitely cool to be able to kind of check it out and see all the previous Triple Crown winners and... Well, we were going to stay for an hour. Like, I got to get home to see our, you know, Jake's parents because we were only, I think, four hours away at that point. Like, three hours later, we like, we've got to go. Like, because it was that interesting. It just draws you in. Yeah, so that was super cool. And that was another one, different type of highlight. You know, definitely recommend it on there. Uh, so then we were heading up to uh, Wisconsin, where I'm originally from, and we're able to see my parents, and we actually got a wrap on our hiker trailer as well and well we're... so the reason we even decided to get the wrap was because every time we stopped for gas anywhere we'd go people would ask about this hiker trailer honk at us as we drove by we're like we are missing an opportunity to promote our brand for like our blog and our podcast and like what we're doing um which the whole point of unnamed adventures is encouraging people to live out their dreams whatever that may be and, and doing find their unknown yeah, but doing it debt free, and so we're like, let's do this, and I, I think the rap worked really well. Yeah, yeah, no, and it turned out awesome, and you know, we're we're debating if we want to get one on this one. Well, we were talking about because we've had a couple friends that, well, friends now because we follow, all follow each other on social media and like keep up with what everyone's doing, and they're like, oh, are you gonna get a rap? On this one, well, this is way bigger than the old one. So we think, if anything, we do it on the back and do, like, just a full color with our logo design and, like, do it of, like, a picture or some one of our landscape photography pictures because, um, you know, as you're driving, you're always looking at the back of something versus, like, the sides. Yeah. So anyway, that may happen. <laughs> yeah. So uh, once we got that, we were heading over towards South Dakota, kind of where our storage unit is, Amy's parents are at, and family's at. And uh, when we're towing the hiker, we had all of our meals from uh, packages sent that my mom was going to send us on the through hike. Well, we don't want to waste any of that. You know, we spend a lot of time and money putting them all together. So, And let me just that. say, if I never have to eat oatmeal again, I will die a happy gal oatmeal was a big part of our, of our plan for the through hike because it's easy and nutritious yeah and these are like high calorie oatmeal packs like 500 calories per pack yeah so, so this definitely food, hearty so the food that we have which we still have all the packs we didn't even bring them all with us once we got back to south dakota but we brought like half of them because they're really heavy and so we still have quite a few because it's not like we're eating the same quantities like a granola bar with my apple today oh i'm gonna have a ramen for dinner this week i mean like so the stuff is going really slowly but we're like we can't get force ourselves to throw away the stuff the only or like give it away we did give away we did send a few packages to people we had met on the trail and they continued on so we sent them stuff and then we did finally throw away there is a i i did make all the oatmeal packs and we made like varieties and there's a couple varieties that were nasty. So we're like, nope, throwing those away. And we put tons of chia seeds in them. And it was gross. Really nasty. So those got mixed. The other ones we're keeping. We're going to try to make like protein balls and things like that. But it's very slow going. <laughs> Getting rid of the food. So when we were in uh, heading out to South Dakota, you know, we were driving into the wind. We had 
all of our packs, um, you know, probably about four and a half months worth of food, you know, in the trailer, all of our gear and stuff like that. It was loaded we got up. our topper from your parents. Yeah, I got, our, got the topper, had the skis loaded up. I mean, it was just pretty well weighted down. And when you're towing into the wind, you know, with a V6 engine, and it's just, it was a little engine that could. The know. Gray Wolf was struggling. Yes, that's what we called it. You know, it was, uh, we knew we had to get a new car. Um, and that was just kind of a, after the struggle of trying to find a camper, it was like, we don't want to go find a car. Um, so the search began when we were in South Dakota trying to locate a car. And... Well, we were going to stay with my parents for like four days. Just going to come say hey, see them, spend time with the family that was out there, go to our storage unit, you know, spend a few hours, get organized. And head on our way. I mean, it was almost two weeks. Almost two weeks. A nightmare. We also wrote a blog about how to buy a vehicle on a budget and like tips of like what to look for. For not really scammers, because we didn't feel like we got scammed by anybody, but people just not ready to actually sell. They didn't have their title. This, oh, that, and the a, other thing. A it was nightmare. an absolute struggle. Um, we ended up getting it from a local car dealership. They were and awesome. It was awesome. it was a Goodrich Motors in Spearfish, South Dakota. Yeah. Highly recommend. Oh, for sure. No, Casey, like... if you're listening, we'll come by and say hi and show you our new rig. Yeah. <laughs> our new trailer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so while we were there, we needed a break um, before we bought the car that we have now or the truck or SUV, whatever you want to call it. Um, we ended up doing 38 miles on the Centennial Trail. And we had both of our dogs, which was absolutely awesome to be able to kind of uh, get back in nature. Because it seemed like we we're everywhere we visited, there was people. And even on the Appalachian Trail, there's people. And it's like everywhere. We just wanted a little bit of seclusion. I mean, when we go on backpacking trips, you know, yeah, you might hit a couple people the first couple of miles. But then you're out in nature, you know, out to enjoy it. So that, that was something that we really... Uh, really enjoyed and it kind of felt good <laughs> we ended up doing a 38 mile section of the centennial trail we went from i don't know we have a youtube video out and it taught it's the section hike in there i don't remember where it was to and from we ended at the the alkali creek trailhead in sturgis and it was 38 miles south wherever that spot was but um it was gorgeous i loved it i really needed it my my spirit was rejuvenated when we were done. Um, but I did just talk to one of my girlfriends that uh, was trying to do a through hike um, just a couple of weeks ago. And she's like, the mosquitoes were horrendous. So I think there are actually um, <clears throat> a certain times of the year that are probably the best time to do it. And, and there uh, is not in early August. Yeah, I would say there's unseasonably rain there in South Dakota now as well. Normally it's super dry. Yeah. And they've just been getting crushed with. Crushed with a bunch of rain. So after the the little mini section hike, you know, the 38 miles that we did, we ended up picking up our Mercury Mountaineer with a V8 engine in it. Um, then we were ready to hit the road. Um, we were pretty excited to hit the road, you know, get everything all loaded, got our other car sold, and we ended up heading out to Wyoming. Uh, we cruised by Buffalo Jump. We ended up stopping probably about 40 minutes after we left. Um, to check out a little side tour, um, you know, travel side stop, a historical marker. and Well, you know. and if you're into um, archaeology, it's an active, like, dig. 
So that's really cool. We didn't like go down and we didn't want to pay the money for it because we just got on the road. We're like, okay, we don't want to spend an hour. I mean, we don't spend <laughs> an hour doing this tour. But um, if you're local or really into that, that's super cool. And the other one you want to check out if you're into archaeology is the Mammoth Hot Springs because um, that's an active site in too. South and it's in South Dakota. In South Dakota and in uh, Hot Springs. No, it's a, yeah, it is. It's in the Hot Springs. But it's like the like a world famous... Um, archaeological site with all the mammoths and it's like the biggest site in the world of uh, where mammoths were because it was a sinkhole so anyway those are two to check out that are just kind of interesting so fyi they're pretty close to one another um and then we ended up uh just camping out in sundance and just went down old forest road and you know i think we went like seven more miles after that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we didn't live too far from home and you know we called my parents and we told them where we were like well you could meet us at the whatever the restaurant was we're like no no like we're you know grilling out tonight and we were like you guys should come grill with us like make because we just had left it's kind of funny yeah um so we ended up uh stopping at gibo um, it was actually, actually by Thermopolis, Wyoming. Well, uh, let's backtrack for one moment because once we got into the Bighorns, we decided to take this old highway road. And I think there was, I know we stopped to pee because I had to pee really bad. And then we read the sign and it said like it just had opened and we're like, let's check this old highway road out. Like it had opened the day before. I think June 15th was the day it had opened and it was June 16th. This is the old road that went, uh. From Buffalo to Tent Sleep, I believe. Yes, yes. And it was so cool, beautiful, and the road was actually pretty good. And so, and there were some free camp spots we saw along the way, and then it went into Tent Sleep, went to the fish hatchery, which was fun. We just did like a little pit stop to stretch the legs and stuff, but, and then we went over to Gibo. Yep. So once we went to Agibo, yeah, we don't have all of these in the notes. So thank you, like, for I memory. forgot. I was like, wait, no, but that was really cool. <laughs> so we were in uh, Thermopolis, uh, just outside of Thermopolis, Wyoming, and uh, stopped in Gibo as a Bureau of Land Management area. And we ended up stopping, setting up camp. They're, the nice thing with the hiker is, you know, super easy to set up, you know, just pretty much park it, drop the drop the stabilizers down and you're good to good to sleep so literally like five minutes you're done this one it's about 15 minutes yeah the, the next morning you know we woke up we're like oh let's go for a little hike and everything like that and you know get to the little bluffs on one of the sides and uh end up checking out you know see some structures across the way and we're like ah it kind of looks like a old buildings or military or something like that let's go check it out you know so we take the dogs and next thing you know we're checking out some of these old uh it's an old mining foundations. town yeah it was an old mining town and they was able to see some different historical yeah little... um there was some signs and stuff there the thing that i loved about it i have never just randomly stumbled upon a ghost town and that was fantastic. So that was a highlight. We did a podcast episode on it where Jake talked all about the history of the area. Um, highly recommend listening to that if you're into like ghost towns and stuff. So, and you can like literally just drive out there and walk around. So it's definitely another highlight. We've actually been, uh, I feel like from the five months we've been traveling, the amount of cool stuff we have stumbled upon 
has been awesome because we try to travel, you know, on a budget and very economically. So we pull off to the roadsides, you know, the roadside um, historical markers and we check, oh, look, there's something over here because we go on the highways and we kind of do the off the beaten path to see more things. But also then we find things are more affordable because, again, it's not right on the interstate. You normally get more affordable gas sometimes. Um, but even just the stuff you stumble upon is really fun and the cute little shops. And then also you're also supporting those smaller towns that are trying to survive. Yeah. So, you know, it was really kind of cool to stumble upon that ghost town. Um, but you know, it was right outside of Thermopolis, which right down the road, probably about 10 minutes away. We see like, that's kind of interesting, you know, kind of geographical, landscape and you know to the left right off the the highway there were there was hot springs we're like let's check it out so we ended up checking out the uh the hot springs and of course we're able to get a free shower out of it as well well. this is what happened you guys (laughs) again on a budget had not showered i think it was day four and so because the hiker trailer doesn't have like a shower or it's a dry setup it's a dry setup and we have like baby wipes and stuff. Like we didn't like my hair. I like, I need a shower. So anyway, I was like hoping we could find one that day. And so anyway, um, we drive in to find out like about these hot springs. Like, can you go walk around? Cause I thought it was like man with hot springs and Yellowstone. You just kind of walk around, look at it and then you go on your merry way. Um, so anyway, we, where we pull in, we see that there's this like state bathhouse. And Jake's like, you should see like what the bathhouse is. Maybe we can pay to go get a shower. I was like, okay, cool. I go in. They're like, oh yeah, you get like 20 minutes for free and you can soak in the the hot springs. I'm like, really? I've never heard of it. This is amazing. So I go back out. I'm like, Jake, we can get a shower. And so you go for, you get your 20 minutes doesn't start until you get into the hot springs pool. And the only thing that they change about it is they make it so it's not so hot that you can actually soak in it. So it's like a hot tub. It's very warm and it smells like sulfur. Thus you, they have like a shower afterwards. So like we were still able to shower when we were done and we used their Wi-Fi and got caught up on some work stuff we had to do. But that was like a pleasant surprise. I was just talking to Jake about that today, about how much I really loved going to the hot springs that I really want to try to research that as we drive along and see if there's other places like that, that we can go to as we travel around the U.S. Yeah, that was absolutely kind of a little hidden gem, you know, after finding our ghost town that we went to. So after uh, hitting up the hot springs, we, pretty much we could either go north or south towards Yellowstone. And our end goal was the Tetons that we wanted to end up on. And thank goodness we went the Cody route. Um, you know, we wanted to kind of check out a rodeo along the way and everything like that. Well, there was also the museum. Yeah, the Wild Bill Museum. That everyone says is super amazing. But we're like, let's stop at the visitor center first because that's our thing. We go in, we grab some brochures. Maybe there's some free stickers or some stuff that we can learn about the areas we go through versus just like driving through everywhere. So yeah, we really wanted to kind of scope it out and, you know, we stopped at the visitor center. Well, you know, get out, you know, I always like to stop, kick the tires and, you know, make sure everything visually looks good. Um, you know, around the vehicle and the tow tow vehicle as well. And I hear a little hissing. And no, it was like super loud. We're in the vehicle. It's and Jake's like, oh no, what is going on? Yeah. And this is, you know, at 4.30 on a Friday. 
And I'm like, oh, snap. (laughs) (laughs) You could replace that for a swear word or two. Um, You know, so I had Amy kind of pull around. I couldn't feel or like see where the leak was happening. So I ended up taking, you know, driving to a tire shop right away and, um, Cause we wanted to get there before the air was all gone. So we went to the closest one that had like a real, I think it had like a 4.5 star rating. Yeah. And it had a, you know, it, it was coming out pretty quick. So we wanted to kind of get it fixed straight away. So when they, you know, jacked it up, you know, pulled off the tire, well on the whole inside seam of the tire, uh, where it's right next to the rim, there was a complete slit on there. Like eight to 10 inches long. Yeah. I think it was, uh, just over the overall weight and just old tire. So of course it's four wheel drive. So you can't just get one tire. You have to get four. Um, and we figured we probably had about 10 to 20,000 miles left on those other tires. So, um, ended up getting a set of four new tires. Um, after and- just getting a vehicle that was more than we wanted to spend, we had allocated before we started traveling full time, our travel budget. And then we knew how much we were going to spend on a hike or a, on a travel trailer um, which did not include a new vehicle, though we thought we may. A new used vehicle. A new used vehicle. We don't buy new because it depreciates immediately upon driving it off the lot. But anyway, so like, cool, we're going to stay within our budget. Well, the nightmare of finding a vehicle, I mean, horrendous. You can't find anything good for $5,000, especially when like what we're looking to do is you're not like in towns. You're driving through middle and east with Jesus. So we wanted something safe and reliable. It didn't have to like be super pretty, but like we didn't want it to be a crapper. And you just can't like what we were hoping to spend. Like we just couldn't justify the safety and we didn't want to risk it. So we had to go up and go up and go up. It was just so irritating. But even if you go up to 10,000 or 15,000, well then, then anyway, that's a whole other conversation. So it was this whole thing. So we ended up spending... I think it was three or 4,000 more than we wanted, but we got a vehicle that had 72,000 miles on it. Great condition. You know, it was a vehicle that we could have for really a long time versus just three to five years, which is what we had planned initially for a used yeah, vehicle. Yeah, if we were lucky. Yeah. And so the extra cost for that, and then another almost $1,000 for new tires, we were like, oh my gosh, like we're using up a lot of our travel savings that we were feeling very stressed about it at that point in time. Cause we spend about a thousand dollars a month. So we had allocated to have enough money for like six months to travel. And like then some, cause we had some leftover from when we bought our hiker trailer. Cause it was less than what we were planning on spending. So we're like, Oh cool. Now we have like 10 months. Well, with everything else, we only had, I think maybe a month or I think we had two months left. And I was like, we have to like figure something out. Yeah. So really kind of figuring out, what we wanted to do for income coming in and you know we just wanted to kind of stop the bleeding right away so that's kind of why we found summer jobs and seasonal summer jobs seasonal summer jobs um because we're familiar with cool works and a couple other uh sites that you know you're able to kind of source it um kind of pairing you with the employee the employees with employers who are looking for that temporary work yeah so we're still going to continue with our plans heading towards Yellowstone because we're just right in Cody, the gateway to Yellowstone. And we kind of cruised right through Yellowstone because we, we did it pretty good justice a couple of years ago. 
Um, and, you know, we were able to see some different bison and some wildlife on our drive through. But then we wanted to hit up the Tetons uh, because we never have been to the Tetons. You just kind of see the, the ionic Iconic. Iconic. <laughs> <laughs> the Peaks, mountains. It was really know. cool. I, I did enjoy being there. We ended up staying at um, a free campsite just outside of Jackson. It wasn't very far. It was like 20 minutes. Yeah, it was kind of a local hangout where they'd go and you kind of see the backdrop of the Tetons. You know, it was a, I believe it was Shadow Mountain area. And I did a little review on that. And, you know, it was in the Bridger Teton National Forest. And then we stayed there for a night and then we ended up wanting a little more seclusion uh, just because there was a lot of people there and we ended up going to a different location and we ended up staying there for a couple days and that's when no, we... we did one night because it was so dusty we're like this is dumb let's find something else then we still in the bridger tetons we went it must have been about a half an hour or it was another he wasn't a ranger he was a volunteer camp, camp host, host who had been a ranger for years that he was just staying there. For, I think he got like a small stipend or something, but gave us awesome recommendations of where to go. And I don't remember where that it was by some common campground. It is on our YouTube as well, of where we were and gives an example of it. But it's like the Bridger Teton. You can't miss it. It's, it's in there. It's like one of the only Wyoming ones, but it was stunningly beautiful, huge herd of elk, you're overlooking the river going by like meandering river. You know, you can still see awesome mountains. I loved it. It was very private. Yeah, it was absolutely gorgeous, you know, spot that we we're able to be able to stop and, you know, we we're able to boondock and, you know, a lot of these locations with our hiker, we we're able to get to with ease, you know, from you can back up on a single lane highway or not a single lane highway, but on a single lane road yeah, super easily. Uh, which is something nice about it. And that's really kind of where we were able to find our uh, seasonal job. Um, you know, we got a blog post out on that as well. on How, how to, to find seasonal work. How to find seasonal work. And it was one of those things that, you know, super easy. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone and give a call. Um, it wasn't our cup of tea at the time. We'll get there. Um, but we left the Teton area and headed up uh, towards Helena, Montana, where we got some family and we were able to hang out with them for a good couple of days and kind of regroup and, you know, kind of get ready for our next, uh, next adventure of seasonal work. And we were able to get seasonal work um, up in Glacier National Park. Such a beautiful area. Absolutely unreal. And uh, we really enjoyed it when we had time off. Um, it was just one of those things that it was absolutely stunning, you know, views like the surreal things. Like it's like National Geographic stuff. Like you can't even capture it. You no, could... you take a picture and it just doesn't. It's like it. I can't know how to describe it. It's like you know, eating it, eating Walmart cake versus like the best cake you've ever had in your world, in your whole world. It's like you can't even fathom unless you're there. And like we did the Highline Trail, it was one of the last hikes we did before we headed out, and it just almost brought you to tears because it was so stunningly beautiful. And all the wildflowers were out, and we saw mountain goats house. along the trail, and oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, just absolutely breathtaking. Um, you know, so definitely Glacier National Park. It won my won my heart and eyes over years ago, and still does to this day. 
Yeah. So our, we were there for five weeks doing seasonal work and it didn't uh, work out the way we had hoped. We did want to, um, finish the season, but we ended up having some stuff that ended up happening that were like, you know what, we're just too old for this and getting minimum wage. We're like, this is not worth it. Um, but the biggest thing we can say about seasonal work, it's great if you're retired or it's great. It's great if you are, um, not coming from a career profession because they really just want you to be a body versus really offering, um, your personality, your skill sets and your expertise. Yeah. And we're too hard of workers for that. Apparently. Also <laughs> so, on a podcast, uh, it was our, a couple podcasts ago, uh, about the good and the bad of seasonal work. If you guys want to hear more about that. <laughs> um, so we, that kind of pushed us outside of our, uh, comfort zone and, you know, like, Hey, what do we want to do? Like, what kind of jobs can we do where we're able to travel? We love traveling. You know, we love being in a location for a little bit, you know, when we're boondocking, if we're there for a couple days, three, four, five days, heck yeah, the the longer the better, it seems like kind of allows you to kind of decompress because uh, those travel days are pretty stressful. You know, um, we're recording our podcast right now and this is day two, I'm finally feeling a little bit better, you know, not losing hair and not turning hair gray, <laughs> so which is a good day. Um, so that kind of made us think outside the box of, you know, what can we do? Well, and, and let me just add a couple of things to that too. We'd both done a lot of research cause you know, yeah, we were there for five weeks, but about two weeks in we're like, okay, seasonal work. I don't want to do this again. Like what else can we do on the road at and this when, point <laughs> at that point? And we were like, we'll just stick it out, but whatever. Um, so we were doing all this research to see like what opportunities were available for people who genuinely wanted to be a hundred percent remote. The thing about digital nomading, which is a term that has developed over the years, is essentially you use your computer, you just connect to the internet, and you can work from wherever. But the thing with that is they really don't want you to be fully remote. You have to have internet access 100% of the time. You have to have cell service 100% of the time to answer calls. And then you have to have a spot where you can still go to their quote-unquote office every, maybe it's once a month every couple of weeks. So you're not really remote. It's more like working from home. And that's not what we wanted to do. We really want to be independent, you know, traveling internationally. You know, we're in our mid um, 30s. I'll be 36 next or the end of this month. I can't believe it. I'm almost 40. Oh my gosh. But anyway, and you can't get these, um, these, uh, there's different visas you can get until you're 35 to like work abroad for like, different years and stuff like that. And we're too old for that now. And so, and we thought that would be really fun. Well, we got that next. And so we're like, well, we still want to travel internationally. Well, let's just do it where we can travel. So that brought us to deciding to do our online coursework to get our licenses to be independent insurance adjusters. So we're halfway through with that. We've been studying that since we've been gone and it's been going really well. We're really excited about it. And we think it's going to really give us you know, income, but also allow us to have that time off to go travel. Hey, we're going to go to New Zealand for two months, you know, that we can actually like save up the money to do. It's expensive to go to New Zealand. Like well, I want to go. That, having that freedom to be able to do whatever exactly. you know, we want to be able to do, you know, and to be able to not be so tight on our budget. Um. <laughs> That's one of the things we've really learned is that 
it's all great and well that you're traveling full time. But if you have no money to do anything besides just be on the road, it's not that much fun. So we've been learning how to like, we both need a little free money because we budget every day. I'm actually um, going to be posting a, um, a blog article about how to actually live on a budget and that, you know, it's not easy. You do have to make sacrifices. And so we always choose a, what are we sacrificing? You know, but it's like, well, Maybe we can still do things we can, but just not do it elaborately. And so that's where we've now, or kind of the middle of that now is that we want to have a little free money that we can each, you know, use how we want to. And then, you know, we have a little sightseeing budget and we have a little extra gas money so we can go and do that side route versus we have to stay on our route because we don't, you can't afford to spend the extra gas money. You know, those are all things that matter, you know, a lot. Yeah. So we were doing the coursework. Still are doing the coursework. Uh, I've been slacking the last couple of days, not going to lie. So, well, because the whole selling the hiker and then buying the hiker or the buying the trailer we have now was a whole process. Yeah. So once we were able to, you know, we discovered what we wanted to be able to do and we ended up leaving our seasonal work jobs, we ended up heading down towards Marshall Lake, um, right near Sealy Lake in Montana. That's in the Flathead National Forest. And this little camp spot that we're at, um, we were just kind of uh, six miles off of Highway 83. We had an entire lake completely to ourselves. So it was absolutely a surreal thing that we were able to check out. Amy saw a cougar one morning. Um, I couldn't see because my contacts were just all blurry. Saw um, a snake, yeah, frog. I, I mean, just it was just one of those locations that we were at that it was just it was another highlight. Just it was absolutely gorgeous. You know, we were tucked back, couldn't hear any road, could see all the stars beyond belief. Amazing. So romantic. We even skinny dipped all. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The dogs were able to run, you know, run wild. They literally were running circles in the campsite. It was so cute, like that they just felt so free and happy. Yeah, so they really just kind of had their their freedom, uh, which was absolutely awesome to be able to see them, you know, in their natural environment. Once we left Lake Marshall, um, you know, we didn't have any cell phone service or anything like that. So we ended up, you know, driving a little bit further in so we could kind of get two hours worth of classwork, you know, we'd create hotspots with our phone and, you know, go back to Lake Marshall. It was absolutely gorgeous. Um, but we, you know, but it was impractical. So yeah, after two days, like, okay, like let's get going. And we listed the hiker trailer for sale. We had decided that, you know, we needed a space to have like as an unofficial office, um, with a hiker, you know, you, you are, when you're working, you're going to be in your trailer more because you need a space that's quiet and you can do your work. Um, and the hiker trailer, you can only really lay down or like sit up. You can't be like, there's no room for anything else in there. So that's why we decided to get rid of it. And I'm already really missing it. I wish like we could have like kept it, but yeah. we'll have one again in the future. <laughs> it's like, you don't need two boats, you know, you don't need yeah. two trailers. Like yeah. you can only use one at a time. So some point in time we will. Um, so we ended up, you know, heading towards, uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, as I would call it Cordon Bleu. Oh my gosh, you guys. Like every time he called that, I was like, it's Coeur d'Alene. <laughs> and so this was one of those things where we took a scenic 
drive, um, you know, around the lake versus going driving right past it. You know, that added probably a two hour detour, but I think it was well worth it. You know, well, and we stopped and made breakfast because we had picked huckleberries at Marshall Lake. Yep. And so, and we had gotten huckleberry syrup because, like, well, we have to have huckleberry syrup if we're going to do this. Like, let's, you know, we got to do that because we didn't have the opportunity when we were in Montana, too. So we're like, let's do it, you know, now. And we got right on the lake and we found a little pull off spot right overlooked. There was a dock and. Yeah, dogs were able to swim. We were able to make pancakes, bacon. I mean, life is good. You know, we're cruising around the lake. Um, then we were uh, headed out towards Leavenworth, Washington. We stayed uh, at actual campground where we had free camp campground where we were able to hook up the electrical, have the AC running for the dogs. We were able to do some uh, coursework. It was luxurious, and... I have to say, because... We were able to have our hammocks up, so we got to study in our hammocks. The breeze would come through. The bugs weren't horrible. The only thing is we had um, bees that would come by us when we cooked, so that wasn't ideal. But though it was super dusty, it was nice to have the hammocks up and to have internet. And like we were really able to get a lot of studying done the four days we were there. Yeah, and Leavenworth is a little Bulgarian town. I believe. Yeah, it, they themed little it. Little Germantown type thing. Well, it's Bavarian is the theme of it. Is so everyone's like dressed up and the the all the businesses have like that. I think it is part of a Germany. I'm not sure. We probably should have looked it up before we started talking about it. But anyway, um, really cute. It's, it is a tourist trap, but it's very cute. They make it worth the, your stop. And so we went in there one day because where we were staying for the campground was about 17 miles away. And so we went in one day and, um, and, and had, we got burgers and checked out the shops and someone was getting married. So they had pictures going on and kind of tucked into the mountains. It was cute. Yeah. So it was a real fun little stop. And then, uh, after Leavenworth, we were able to stop in Monroe, Washington um, cause we were starting to get a little more interest with our hiker trailer and everything. So we had to kind of gear it up and kind of rearrange some stuff. But, uh, anyways, had a family, our close family friend that is like a second mom. So we were able to see them and then they were so nice. They made us amazing dinners. Her husband is an amazing, he's like a grill master. Oh, it yeah. was so good. Sure. And we had copper river salmon for the first time ever, which was like melts in your mouth like yeah. oh spoiled Un- unreal chicken unreal steak i mean like we were living on cloud fresh nine. salad from the like all the stuff was from the garden and yeah. very like fancy and, it was and that, great and that's one of the things that we missed you know from the seasonal work and just kind of locations where we're at you know getting fresh stuff is very difficult so like getting a good salad like wow like who would have thought I would have missed a salad? Well, we made sure like buy cherries at the roadside stand. And so it was great. But then, so we had, okay, a little baby rant about when you go to buy something, people. Be honest with the people who are selling something. If you just want to look and you are not serious about buying it, because like it's a hiker trailer, it's very unique. Just tell them, hey, can I just come look at it? Because nine times out of ten, they're going to say yes. They'll just do it when it's convenient for them. We had a couple that totally, like, was intentionally deceitful. 
and it was like, oh, to make sure you have the title and this, that, and the other thing where they just wanted to look at it because they're probably going to go order their own or build it themselves. And it was just really, you know, ir irritating because we had to come all the way back. Like we made a special trip back to like do that versus like if they would have just been honest, be like, hey, yeah, come, you know, a sunny night. We were there for like four hours. They could have come by, you know, it's just people are jerks. So just don't be a jerk and we're just be honest dinner. with people. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, it was very irritating. But then the next gal, oh my gosh, she was so excited. Her and her husband, I guess, like the hiker was the only one they'd agreed upon um, that they could find and they'd been looking for a long time. So they were so thrilled. And I'm really happy that our hiker went to a home that they could have loved it as much as we did because they like to do the same sort of things we do with kind of that backcountry stuff. Yeah. So really, we decided uh, we found some different trailers that we're interested in. Once we were able to kind of get rid of our hiker, uh, we were officially homeless because, well, not really because we could have tented. But um, technically, we've been homeless since we sold the house. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Because we've been so, on the road. Yeah, so more than five months, we've been homeless. So Yeah, <laughs> but by choice. And... So we ended up deciding to head down to Portland because in the Monroe area, they just didn't really have anything that we were interested in. And so we ended up heading to Portland. So it was, it was a four hour drive and it, we left, I think at like nine 30 in the morning. So we missed rush hour. We're intentional with our driving. So we went to the one, we had three line, we had three in mind, but the first one we thought that was the one we were going to get. And so another note for people when you're selling something, it's just please honestly say what it's like when you drive four hours out of your way to look at something when they say it's in excellent condition and you get there and it's filthy holes all over the walls not in nice condition at all and they're wanting like full value for it like for used value um we touched like made an offer but i wasn't even comfortable with it i yeah, probably would have still walked away yeah <laughs> and they were like absolutely not and it's just like oh, okay and we told them we're like you guys like you have this overpriced like here's why like because like well we have another guy that's gonna come and he's driving away he's putting a thousand dollar deposit out on it and i'm like you may be in the same boat when he gets here he's reneging on his deposit because it is not as is advertised and they were very rude about it yeah so then we went we found an rpod yeah so i you know, in the time being, you know, we stopped for a second, kind of regroup and, you know, found an R pod that was just listed and, you know, she had a little bit of titling issues. Like it wasn't titled in her name, but she bought it just a week ago and she didn't, you know, retitle it cause she was unable to tow it. And we just didn't feel comfortable purchasing it because of that factor. Uh, Amy called, you know, our County in South Dakota, you know, for registering it like, no, it's gotta be in their name. And so it was just kind of a, a sketchy type situation so and i don't think she intentionally had it that way because i don't know we don't know what the rules are in washington but for our state it's very specific and we're like we have to walk away we can't we're states away and she i think was really disappointed but you know better safe than sorry yeah you know so of course the third one that we had lined up for a while and kind of had our eyes uh set on it for for a little bit but you know we didn't feel it was going to be the, the perfect fit, but... Because uh, it looked small when you saw the pictures. And, and it actually feels a lot bigger than the R-Pods that we were in before. And, you know, some of the different campers. It just has a nice kind of open concept. You know, it's kind of the modern, how people like their houses, more open kitchen mm -hmm. concept. And that's kind of how this trailer is. Well, it's a 2000... No, 
2014, Palo Mini. By Palo. Mino. <laughs> By like Forest my, River. Yeah. And it's like a 142CX, I think is what it is. But I really like the layout. And that was one of the things that got us to even look at it initially was that there's a little kitchenette right when you walk in. It's the opposite of the kitchen. And then there's a, the bed is in the back. Because the thing that I got really irritated with in our hiker was that the dogs would just jump in. Because again, like you just have the space in the middle. So anytime there'd always be dirt in our sheets. Always. And it just really irritated me to hit a little grainy dirt every time you try to sleep in your bed. So I really wanted it to be like opposite. So then they, by the time they get on the bed, if they want to cuddle all the dirt would be on the floor, which has worked out splendidly. They still end up on the bed. No, you guys, they're a little cuddle hogs. Okay. So we have their mattresses that we put on the floor. Six inch. Yeah. Memory foam. Cause they're spoiled rotten and they're, they're wrapped in the blanket. So the blankets can be washed. so can stay nice and clean. And then we like force them to be on the floor. We're like, no, go to your spot. Go to your spot. Yep. You're good. You're safe. Okay. Go to your spot. So then, it like as soon as it's sunlight or like we roll over in the morning, they're like right there. Can we come cuddle? And I'm like, okay, come and cuddle. And then they're as happy as a little clam. Have to get their belly rubbed. Gotta lick you for like five minutes in the morning. It's, they're so cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little cuddle rant. Um, they are though. I don't know. I Sammy is such a handful. And he's our rescue and he's just been a big handful. But we've been able to cater our lifestyle to meet some of the things that he struggles with because we don't know if he had been abused or what happened. But um, it's been a lot better now that we figured out kind of how he w works. And they're, they're just both really good dogs. They're very loving. So we were able to pinpoint our trailer. We got it. Absolutely love it now. Heck of a deal. Heck of a deal. We we negotiated this one out down pretty pretty good. Like we were willing to walk away from it. We knew what our bottom line was. We did our research. Um, you know, he wanted nine grand for it. We ended up talking him down uh, over fifteen hundred bucks. Well, before we even came down, we said eighty five. Before we even made the drive. We said it, and he didn't even hesitate. So it was like, like, yeah. <laughs> we're like, okay, cool. He has more wiggle room. And we knew going there that we had to be willing to walk away if it didn't feel right because there's tons of trailers. They're always for sale. Like, we can tent camp if we need to. So we go in there, and it really was exactly how we advertised it, which was such a treat because we had horrible experience the last two trailers we'd seen. Well, the second one was just because of the titling, but still. And so we we driven all over, though. That was a thing. It just all over Portland. Traffic was miserable. But so anyway, they were very nice. And it was, as they said, but he didn't know anything about his trailer. And we're just like, I don't know. Needless to say, we got to dump some tanks that should have been dumped he before. He didn't even know they were full. But anyway, live and learn. And so... Jake and I were like, okay, this is what we're going to say. And like Jake knew the, he'd researched it and it was at the top value of the appreciated value for its age. And so Jake, you know, you offered the amount and we ended up saving $1,500 and which we were really happy about. And they were actually not even going to take it, but they they were like, no, we really don't want to go below eight. Well, it's like how many times it's a pain in the butt to sell something and buy something like, just 
you know, we, we kind of played on their emotions a little bit and, you know. Well, the other thing too is cash is king. And we're like, we have the cash right now. We came all the way down here. How many people have you showed this to? Like, we're here. Like, do you want to sell it? Like, it's not worth more than that. Like, and we explained why we made the offer we did. It wasn't like we were like lowballing them for nothing. Like, it wasn't worth more than the $7,600. And so anyway, they're like, well, and because we had the cash, that's why we got the deal. And that's exactly what happened with the hiker trailer. We had cash in hand. And I guess that is very uncommon. What did we find? It's like 90% of people buy on a loan. Yeah, finance their their travel trailers or RVs or whatever, and it's like I can't believe it. You know, it it's a lot more uh, skin the game when you're putting cash down, but it's nice just being able like this baby's mine. Like I don't have to pay mm-hmm. anyone. So and that's huge. I mean, that's the world we live in. You know, we really promote debt free living and things like that, and it's not easy. There's the world we live in. Everyone's like, get a loan. Oh, just get a loan. Get a nicer one. And then then you don't have to worry about it, and they get a loan. But you never know what you're getting. And you just hope for the best and, you know, do your research and your diligence and know what you're getting in that way. You know, know what to look for if it's bubbling on the side or, you know, things like that. And yeah, just do your research ahead of time and, you know, know what your bottom dollar is and, you know, take the emotion, emotional side of things off of it and, you know, kind of run with it. So once we uh, got the deal done and title in hand, we uh, headed up towards Olympic National Park. And that is where we're recording this podcast, and we're actually in the O Rainforest Rainforest part of the Olympic National Park. It is so gorgeous, you guys. I've never really been in a rainforest, and it's just so eerie. We came at like was like eight thirty, so it was like dusk, and there's this moss and stuff like growing off of the branches of the trees and it's just very like eerie and there's like a fog because it was overcast and it looked really cool it'd be perfect like at halloween time yeah so this is where where we're at right now and that's kind of like summarizes up our five month update of more or less not an update it's more of a recap than anything and and just some of the different things that we did learn 50% of the stuff that you do when traveling just needs to be planned. Um, You know, plan your location that you're going to be stopping at or your campground that you're going to be staying at. And then everything else, just fill it in, fill in the gaps, you know, make it an adventure. Find your unknown. (laughs) Well, that's the biggest thing we've found is that if you know where you're going to go, whether like it's a free camping spot, you're going to stay in the national park or whatever it is, then you cater how you're getting there. So for example, if you're going to stay in the national park and it's a no reservation setup, like where we're at right now, if you can arrive between nine 30 and 10, the best time to get a spot, everyone's left and the other people haven't come yet. So you're better likely to be getting a spot. But if you have a spot, like we have a free campground pass for the year, um, in the, these Northwest area and there's campgrounds all over and we, you book ahead. So cool. We know how far that is. We can do whatever we want and just get there before the office closes. Easy peasy. Or if it's BML land, well, you just know where it is. Just head that way. So it just depends on kind of where you're going to be staying, but that's really all you should plan is what, is what we think. And with that, you know, only having a four hour max drive time, you know, Longer than that, it just makes for a really long day because you never know what you're going to be coming up to. You know, it could take eight hours to drive four hours. 
you know, if we do stop here, check it out, you know, it can just make for a very long or tra day. if traffic happens or you do see a hot springs and you want to go for a couple hours, like to actually enjoy the drive versus it's daunting and you're exhausted the next day. Yeah. Versus being completely stressed out on, you know, where you're going to be going next. Like I think tomorrow we have about a four and a half hour drive to Mount Rainier. And but we're going to stop at Ruby Lake. No, Ruby. Ruby Beach. And at low tide to look at like the tide tide pools. I'm really excited. Everyone said like, that's the thing to do here. So we're going to go do that. We're going to super early. We're going to verify what time. Well, first we're going to verify what time it is. I think it's in the morning. Yeah. And get out there and go. And it's, it's just, I think, an hour from where we are. So that'll be super fun. Yeah. So, you know, stuff like that, you know, to be able to do that makes it. You know, a little more feasible doing four hour versus be like, oh, I'm doing a 12 hour day. You know, sometimes you might have to do a 12 hour day to point A to point B, you know, if you're driving across South Dakota, for instance. <laughs> well, yeah, but the thing is, but, like, we're also traveling full time. So we have nothing but time unless we have a um, like, oh, we have to be here by a certain point. We'll leave earlier than planned. So then we can do the trip in four hour stints to enjoy our time, because otherwise, to us, it's like you're wasting gas, and gas is our biggest expense. Yeah, and, and really step outside your comfort zone, you know, for lodging, you know. Be portable, you know. Amy alluded to that before, you know. Try to try different things, the BML land or the national parks. You know, we got the annual pass, so we got, you know. Ten bucks a night. Yeah, so super affordable uh, camping. You know, we're here for two nights and 20 bucks. Can't beat that in our location. We're right on the... The o, upper O River, um, you know, overlooking it, the hardest thing is for the dogs. You know, they can't go out swimming how they normally do. And that's another one of the things that we've learned is, you know, just the challenge with the dogs, with Sammy and Pippi, you know, they're, they're active dogs. They need their exercise. So, yeah, they're our number one priority. And I'm not going to lie, it's a pain in the butt to travel with dogs. Maybe if they were little and you like put them in your pocket you know, your pocketbook or whatever, carry them around. Well, Pippi is 68 pounds and Sammy is almost 48 pounds. They are rambunctious. They're adorable. So that helps, but they need to be run. I mean, they're but, high yeah. energy dogs. They're obsessed with the ball too. So, which yeah. makes it easy though, because then we go run them by the river, throw the ball, you know, they get exhausted with swimming and running after the ball versus you have to walk them for an hour. You know, like, so that works in our favor that they're super into the ball. I mean, <laughs> it makes it easy to tire them out. Yeah. Makes a little tougher at the national parks. but Yeah. We've been walking them and walking them and walking them. But we've also learned, you know, to hone our budget down and, you know, what our budget is on the road and, you know, how to budget. You know, we're constantly fine tuning that, you know, on a, on a weekly basis and, you know, having the discussion daily basis, actually, you know, discussing the different things that we're you know, need a budget for and what well, we have upcoming and, you know, from doing the oil changes to rotating tires and. Well, that's the thing that we talked about a little bit before about, you know, living on a budget and how hard it is. And, um, but what Jake's talking about, you know, really is being flexible with your budget. Your intention is still to live within the, like for us, it's a thousand dollars a month. While we may have allocated $50 in sightseeing for that month, but we had something come up that that $50 actually needs to go somewhere else. And we don't, the only sightseeing we do is free, you know, like, and that happens. Um, and then other times like, Hey, we got 
an extra $25 this month. What are we going to spend it on? You know, and it's just, um, living within that goal of what you have for your funding and then allocating it how you want. So we do talk, I, I, um, do our budget at, we have a budgeting app we use and every day I go in there and check. I mean, we haven't spent any money in the last couple of days, so I didn't need to go in there, but you know, I go in every day once we spend something, anytime we spend anything, it goes in the budget. So it's up to date and current. And that's what the blog post that'll be posted next is going to talk about is how to actually live on a budget because I feel like I never was able to succeed on being on a budget until I had an app that you could just instantly put in your information versus having to have an Excel sheet. You got to get it out, put it in, track everything. You don't remember what it was. And then this, the purchases that come up on like your credit or debit card, it doesn't say what category it is in. You know, did you buy shoes? Did you buy groceries? Like, what was it? You know, and if you wait until the end of the month, who remembers that? And so that's why I had never been successful. So I really love the app that we use and that's what we're going to talk a little bit about in the blog post is just like the practicality of how to actually do it. And, um, so for those of you who want to like learn how to be on a budget and be successful, like look for that article that's coming out here um, later this week. And then, um, what else, what other advice do we have any other like advice of how to travel? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's just kind of a lot of it in a nutshell, you know, just from the, the traveling perspective, you know, um, for planning different things, you know, definitely feel free to reach out to us on all the, the social media platforms, email, you know, however you listen or consume us, you know, definitely, uh, reach out and we can, we can share what we know and what we've learned and, you know, some of the different mistakes that we've made or, or if you have recommendations of what we should do in the areas that we're in, we, we love getting that. Oh, um, for sure. Someone like, recommended about the Ruby um, beach and going to the tide pools. We're like, okay, adding that to the list. Yeah. Done and done. Yeah. So it's, um, it's been really awesome to see the following of grow of, you know, what we're doing and people responding really well to it. So if there's um, information you want to hear about that you'd like to learn more about an area we're in or just a topic in general, we'd love to um, provide that feedback for you um, of, you know, how we're living on the road and how we're making it work. But um, the biggest thing is we live frugally. We're not stingy, but we live frugally. Feels like we're stingy at times. <laughs> okay, that is a valid point because when we were in Leavenworth, this is the biggest thing we've learned because now we've told, told, told people about it before. Do you really need to buy a pound of fudge? No. Go in, ask for a couple samples. You're good to go. Feed your sweet tooth versus spending $13 on a pound of fudge that goes dry before you can even really enjoy it. So we're definitely like sample goers and we do have a blog that's going to come out in a couple weeks about how to like be really frugal and some of the things that we have found that works really well. And, so, and part of that is about sampling. Oh yeah. You got a sample. So those are just some of the different things that we have learned while we're on the road the last five months and, you know, the different challenges and, you know, different places that we've been, you know, have been pretty rad, you know, kind of writing up the, the notes for this was pretty, pretty sweet. You know, it was like, yeah, we did that. We did that. And then all of a sudden, you know, we were jogging our memory of a couple other things that we didn't even have on the list that were, that were still pretty epic. So, well, and that's why we blog, you know, is we want to be able to look back 
as well on our trips and be like, oh yeah, well that was really fun and doing that. And that's one of the perks about being on social media is you can look back on your trip because it forces you to keep track of what you are doing versus having to like do a scrapbook or an album and you never remember after the fact. So that's been really fun. But um, I would think what we're going to have to do next. So we were able to get a free pass from Thousand Trails, which is what we got when we got our hiker trailer um, from the um, camping place down in Jacksonville, Florida. And so you just pick a region. And so we picked the Northwest region, which totally beneficial. We're really, I mean, it really saved a lot for us. Um, but as we continue to travel, we're like, gosh, do we want to get like a good SAM membership? You know, because you do save a lot of money. Or do we want to get a thousand trails and have it for all the play? Cause they're all over. Um, or do we just want to continue to be like national forests? So now that we have a bigger rig, I mean, this trailer travel trailer is a lot bigger than our hiker, a lot bigger. I mean, it's 16 feet long total. I think our hiker trailer was, um, That's no, it's like... 18 feet long total. The hiker was 13 feet longer, but this is seven feet wide. And so it's a lot, I mean, it's tall. It's a little more to real estate to worry about when driving and stuff and, getting in those tight situations like we wouldn't take this to marshall lake no yeah it wouldn't make it back there yeah. so it's not going to be the same type of traveling experience um so you know word of advice it, you know depending on the setup you have that's going to really cater to what you're able to do um but some people really like to stay at places that are you know more luxurious that you can shower every day and things like that like even though we have a shower it's a wet bath um, in this new trailer, we only plan to pee in the toilet because we don't want to worry about or deal with all the bathroom stuff, you know, um, with a trailer. And so we're kind of still use it more of a boondocking situation, but yeah, we haven't had it completely set up yet. So. Yeah, we haven't, but that's kind of the thought of what we're doing. So yeah, it's a so, journey. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a journey and a process. So hope you guys enjoyed our, uh, recap and a little bit of summary <laughs> a little bit of rambling here and there but uh until next time guys and you hear sammy chewing a bone in the background cheers thank you for listening to our never-ending story of the transformation from our previous traditional lifestyle into one where we're able to travel the countryside remain debt-free and live out our dreams Check out what we've been up to recently on our Facebook or Instagram page at Unnamed Adventures.